Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless Possible. Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara McDonald, and hello, beloved producer Annabelle Lee. Oh, hello. Hello. Coming up on today's show, a swimming love triangle, how to stop your man cheating, according to Kyle Sanderlands, (laughs) and a spawn-con wedding for the ages. Travis and Courtney got married again, and this time they're dripping in Dolce and Gabbana. Plus, The Bachelor becomes The Bachelors, and then someone finally uncovered who runs the anonymous gossip Instagram account, Demois. But the real question is, does it actually matter? (laughs) But first, Michelle, how was your week? I will not say it was a good week because I've been banned by the listeners. So (laughs) this week I'll go for it was a merry week. A very merry week, had a great time, Zara... You and I have found ourselves in a bit of a loop of finding the same thing funny every single day when we walk into the office. Well, it's one of those things, right, where I think if we all have an inside joke amongst ourselves, what is the point of having an inside joke amongst ourselves <laughs> if not for using and abusing it for content? <laughs> you know, yeah. Annabelle's sitting there being like... I was like, I'm not a part of this inside oh, joke. Oh, no, you're part of oh, this oh, inside no. joke. You're a part of this inside joke. And as soon as we explain it, you'll be like, ah, oh, yes, the light bulb will go off. Now... A few weeks ago, in fact, maybe over a month ago. It was our April 28 episode. April 28 episode. We did a mailbag. And as with all mailbags, Annabelle began to read it out. Now, for some reason in this particular mailbag, Annabelle... You opened with quite a bit of gusto. Yes, I would agree with that. A bit of a bogan gusto. And I say that as someone who accidentally always pronounces your name as Annabelle. So I would like to put that on the table that we've all been there. It's just that when Michelle often in our office <laughs> uploads TikToks, the start of the TikTok will loop as she's uploading them. Which is annoying. Every time you edit anything, you add text, you add captions, anything, the video restarts and you hear the same five seconds. And so we kept hearing 
during the same five seconds. And this is what we kept hearing. Hey, ladies. Now, pretty innocuous to start, right? Uh Relatively. It doesn't sound that bad. It doesn't sound that out of it. In fact, when you said it in the recording... None of us raised an eyebrow. None of us said anything. And yet when you hear it back to back to back, it kind of builds. It takes on a life of its own like this. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. (laughs) And now Michelle and I cannot walk into a room without being like, hey, ladies. (laughs) It's become something where we greet the entire team by saying, hey, ladies. And also we say goodbye. Bye, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) See you, ladies. (laughs) Bye, ladies. It's like it got its own identity now, the hey, ladies. And I thought the listeners need to be able to get in on this because they need to have their own hey, ladies moments amongst themselves. And you know what? We need you to start like saying hello in the show when we say, and beloved producer Annabelle Lee, we need you to now say, hey ladies. Hey ladies. <laughs> Give us a hey ladies. It has a lot of Frank Walker energy. Okay. <gasps> hey ladies. <laughs> so I would also like you to start using that as a sound effect somewhere in the episode. Just a segue into segments. Whenever yeah. you can be bothered. But that has actually genuinely been consuming my week. I will just send you random voice notes throughout the day, yeah, throughout the fr- night. On Friday night, I got a random video snippet <laughs> of me just going, Hey ladies, nothing. And then you sending a voice note being like, hey ladies. It will not stop. So that is pretty much what's going on in our weeks, Michelle, which is to say not a lot going on in our minds. Not at all, but hey ladies. (laughs) Now I do have a couple of recommendations for the week. We said on this show, we're not going to analyze the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial until it is finished. We want to kind of have some perspective on everything. We think that the coverage of this trial has been really toxic not all that clever and quite fraught, but I have been reading a heap. And I think if the listeners at home are interested in this story, like obviously the three of us sitting at this table are, they should really read a couple of pieces. I've read basically everything on the internet, but two of my favourite stories from the last week were Will the Depp Heard Hell Trial Ever End by Mary McNamara in the LA Times, as well as a piece called Why We Love to Watch a Woman Brought Low by Jessica Bennett in the New York Times. I just think those two pieces were really intelligent. I think they were pretty unbiased as well. Truthfully, I'm finding a lot of the coverage, a lot of it pro Johnny Depp, but a lot of the coverage I feel like is quite biased. It tries to find a hero and a villain. And I think these two stories were just really fucking well done. Yeah, I think this story does demand some good journalism, some good writing. I haven't read either of these, truthfully. I find the whole thing pretty dark Mm. and it is the kind of story that I want to dive into properly when it's done, I don't have the emotional energy for it. Annabelle, I don't know if you feel the same. Yeah, I think I'm inundated with enough on TikTok. Yeah. It kind of overwhelms I me. I think yeah. I've finally got justice for Johnny Depp TikTok out of my algorithm. Good on you. It's a fucking tough battle because truthfully, I find myself getting pulled in and I know that it's doing bad things for me because it is edited so manipulatively. It's awful. It's abysmal. So I will read them when I have the mental capacity, which I imagine a lot of people will be in a similar boat. I also have a recommendation that's a read this week, Michelle. It's a little bit lighter if the people are interested. (laughs) It's actually Mari Andrews' newsletter. Now, Mari Andrew, we had on the podcast, God, it would have been about a year ago now because more than. Yeah, more than for sure. We were doing Scandal a year ago. Yeah, and she was such a delight to talk to. If people don't know Mari Andrew, I would hazard a guess you've seen her illustrations all over Instagram. She's an incredible writer and illustrator. 
And she has a newsletter that's really beautiful to read. I mean, I find her writing incredibly comforting. It just feels like you're falling into like a big couch or a big cushion. Yes. That's how I would consider consuming her content. And she wrote a piece this week called The Worst Career Advice. And I feel like some of our sort of early 20s listeners will really resonate with this where she was talking a lot about the advice she got when she was younger for her career was to pick a lane and to stay in it and to work really hard in it. And she was like, I don't identify with that because the minute I pick a lane, I feel lost. And I feel like, what if this is not the area that I want to be in? And I put all my eggs in the wrong basket. And I'm talking to a lot of young people at the moment who have spent the last two, two and a bit years in a pandemic, who haven't been able to travel, who have probably finished uni and started full-time work and are feeling lost and are feeling untethered and that they have picked a lane and they're stuck in it forever. If that is you, or if that is someone, you know, read this piece and send this piece around, because I think, I think it's a really common feeling amongst young people at the moment. And perhaps picking a lane is not the best career advice. There's some great big sister energy about that. I absolutely love that. She has beautiful big sister energy, Mari Andrews. She's amazing. And I feel like I hadn't read her work in a while. So diving right back in, I was like, it's like a breath of fresh air. Love that so, so much. Now, guys, before we get into the first segment of today's show, we need to give an announcement, bring an announcement to you all. Charity merch for winter is officially back on Monday. We are launching my favourite shameless jumpers ever. I've been living in mine. Well, it's well-timed because Melbourne's just suddenly thrown winter on us like a blanket of cold. So these are Sloppy Joes. Like the year before last, they are so soft on the inside. Two different colours for you to choose from because we are beautifully kind like that. We cater to the people. Yeah, so one's a – do I want to describe it because I don't want to stuff up the description, but one would be like a lavendery purple that's very – lilac. Yeah, yeah. Kind of Princess Diana retro. Ooh, yes. I love that description. The other one is grey with navy writing. Exactly. They are beautiful. They will be $69 as always. We don't take a cut from any of this charity money. <laughs> oh, Annabelle Lee. It's for charity. Oh, what the hell? This is a sophisticated show. <laughs> yes. Hey, ladies. <laughs> Time to Sorry, ladies. Yes. <laughs> Sorry to the ladies. Sorry, ladies. As we said, Shameless Media does not take a cut from this at all this year. All the money from our charity merch or Shameless Media cut from the charity merch I should say is going to the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre and they as always will be able to be purchased through Sweater Club. Keep an eye on our socials for where to get some info on that. We will be releasing the exclusive link to get the charity merch on our newsletter so if you're not subscribed to our newsletter watch our socials for all the updates. Yeah also look in our show notes we can put a link to subscribe to the newsletter there but we will be putting it there exclusively for the first 12 hours then if you want to wait they do sell out they tend to sell out quite quickly if you want to risk it try and get it off Instagram but go to our newsletter if you want first dibs. Yeah, exactly. Let's dive into the first segment of the show for now, Mish, because we are starting with one of the great stories of the week, if not the year. This combines all of the things that Zara McDonald loves. She loves her celebrity. She loves her Cody Simpson in particular. (laughs) She loves a love triangle and she fucking loves the Olympics. I love the swimming at the Olympics. Yes! (laughs) That's the thing I love the most. Yeah. So how are you feeling? It's quite exciting. Buzzing. I actually felt electric as I was was planning this story yesterday. You seem energised. I know you haven't had a coffee today, but yet no one would be able to tell. I'm so excited. So in case people haven't been across the story that has seized swimming this week, (laughs) it is a story between Cody Simpson, Michelle, Emma McKeon, 
Ryan, Australia's most decorated Olympian, and Kyle Chalmers. Yes, which we wouldn't have seen coming a few years ago. Cody Simpson was obviously most known for being a pop star, Miley Cyrus's ex-boyfriend, sure. Gigi Hadid's ex-boyfriend. Now he is a fully-fledged professional swimmer. So nobody saw this coming, but here we are. Cody saw it coming. Cody saw Cody Simpson saw it, <laughs> he saw it coming when he was pushed the limits of what was possible for any human to achieve. He knew he could do this. I dare us to mention Cody Simpson in one episode without bringing up that quote of him greatest. expanding the limits of human achievement. And in fairness, he is sort of doing it. He's proving us all wrong. Look how we laughed at him so much for it's that. It's still a funny quote. Now onward. So why the fuck are these three in headlines? Well, Kyle Chalmers and Emma McKeon were rumoured to have dated last year. They were first connected in June 2021. They were still together by September 2021. We're not quite clear on when they split. But whenever it was, it's obviously quite recent. We're only in the first half of 2022. Exactly, Michelle. Now, Kyle Chalmers himself, quite a successful swimmer. Yes. He won his first gold for us when he was just 16 years old. It's probably why he's just forever seemed like he's been part of the Australian swim team and part of our Olympic team. He looks older than his 23 he's years. 23! Oh. You, Annabelle has no idea who we're talking about. <laughs> I know. Picture anyone. There's no one in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> she just gave us a, wow. Wow, wow lady. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. And you know what? I know some listeners will be hearing us giving this context and going, why is this in a celebrity and pop culture podcast? Stay with us. We know this is a lot of sport context and Olympic context. It's all relevant to the story. I don't think we've lost anyone. I think people <laughs> are here for the right. Now, these three, as you say, Mish, are all in the headlines because Kyle Chalmers and Emma McKeon, as you just mentioned, dated, don't know when they broke up. And it's recently come out via tabloid reports from last week that Emma McKeon and Cody Simpson are dating. They have been papped walking to training together, getting into the same car, which means we know they must be dating, <laughs> going to coffee together. They also are reported to have moved in together. Yeah. Now, we know a lot of this thanks to an exclusive piece in the Daily Telegraph a couple of weeks ago that read, pop star Cody Simpson and Olympic golden girl Emma McKeon are Australian swimming's newest glamour couple. See our exclusive pics. Now, an insider spoke to the Daily Telegraph for that story and said, Cody and Emma are absolutely together. There is no doubt they're an item. They are training together and have fallen for one another. Now, the spanner the media cannot stop focusing on Zara is that Emma McKeon's ex, Kyle Chalmers, who is Cody Simpson's swimming rival, teammate as well because Australia is very patriotic. And we, we are love, one. <laughs> we love getting around the Australian swimming dolphins, which is the name of the Australian team. They're still competitors, right? They happen to swim in the same stroke, which is butterfly. And Kyle Chalmers in March told the media that despite wanting to do butterfly at the Olympics and doing it at the Commonwealth Games, he's not going to pursue doing butterfly at the World Championships in June because he wants a break. Exactly. So then we had the Australian swimming trials. Annabelle, are you still with me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you look a bit nervous like you're going to miss a whole chunk of content. In the Australian swimming trials, we know that's where they're qualifying for stuff like the World Championships and the Com Games. Kyle Chalmers and Cody Simpson go to the blocks. They swim in their butterfly race. Against each other. Against yes, each other. And butterfly is really hard, isn't it? Incredibly. Yeah. I would argue all swimming is yeah, hard. Yeah, also true. <laughs> now, Kyle Chalmers gets one of the top two spots, which means automatically he'd be on his way to the World Championships. Mm. But we know Kyle Chalmers doesn't want to go to the World Championships because he told us as such in March. Cody Simpson happens to place 
there. So oh. Cody Simpson must touch the wall and think, well, great, Kyle's not going, I'm in. I'm into the world championships. Now, Cody's also happy because if you get top three, you're also into the comm games. Mm-hmm. So he knows he's in the comm games. But lucky Cody, what are the chances? Kyle, my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend, has said he doesn't want to go to world champs. World champs is top two. I get to go to world champs. What a sick story. This is his reaction to going. Are you going to Budapest? Oh, God, I hope so. I mean, that's a dream come true. Like, I had a great swim this morning and so much progress from last year. I've just been busting my ass all year. So it's amazing to see results like this pay off. And I was hoping I could go a little quicker tonight, but to scrape under is a real dream. I had no idea it was going to happen this meet, so I'm through the roof. So our boy's happy, right? Like, he's achieved his dream. Cody is on fucking cloud nine about this. World champs. <laughs> but within a couple of days, Kyle Chalmers decided, which is totally within his right, mm. that he had changed his mind. Speaking to the media, he said he is going to Worlds. This is what he said. Personally, I think going to Worlds is going to be the best thing for me moving forward. You can't make me out to be the villain. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it probably takes Cody's spot away, but it also takes five other guys' places who were in the race. It is not just Cody. It's not just Cody. So... Kyle flipped, he changed his mind, and suddenly Cody's not going to Worlds, Emma McKeon is going to Worlds, and Kyle Chalmers is going to Worlds. So it's not really a surprise, I don't think, that the media went nuts over this story. I mean, it's kind of everything they want for like a really juicy headline. The issue is, is that the snark in some of those headlines and the snark in some of the coverage has had a pretty big impact on Kyle Chalmers. Yeah, well, I think the media have definitely wanted like a hero and villain out of this story, right? The hero being Cody Simpson, the villain being Kyle Chalmers. And Kyle Chalmers has said on Instagram that that story or that narrative has had an impact on his mental health. and Has has, sucked. yeah, Yeah, for sure. And people being snarky about him taking a spot that is rightfully his. Yeah. Like as much as you want to laugh about the story, it is his job and it is his right to swim that race. Yeah. And it's also like if you're a professional athlete, you want to be self-interested, right? Like you, you have can't, to be. You can't worry about what everyone else is doing. No. So I'm interested. Do you think the media went so nuts about this and so hard against Kyle because we've fallen for that Cody fairy tale? A hundred percent. I mean, you look at the details of the Cody Simpson story and if people want to refresh our It's pretty unbelievable. I mean, he was a child swimming prodigy. He then gave up swimming because he became famous at 13 for being a pop star on YouTube. He was then the super well-connected celebrity and lived that life for 10 years. Didn't professionally swim for 10 years. Has been training for two years and now made the comm games. (laughs) Like, it is a wild, wild, incredibly impressive story. I think for Australia, a a country that is so obsessed with sport... Everyone's jumped on the Cody bandwagon and that has meant that our own fucking gold medalist, Olympic gold yes. medalist in Kyle Chalmers suddenly seems like the bad guy. Our 16-year-old gold medalist. Yeah. <laughs> he was a hero once too. How could anyone beat that? Somehow Cody Simpson came out with a story that rivals that. It is a pretty ridiculous story. And, you know, despite the story that is easy to tell in the media because it is the convenient story to tell. There might be elements of truth. There might not. Apparently behind closed doors, they've all said they've spoken about it. They're all fine. So I all, I do definitely hope that the snark stops towards Kyle. But bottom line is I am just obsessed with all of them. <laughs> yeah. Celebrities, sporting stars, the pool, Cody Simpson, <laughs> 
Chlorine, <laughs> give it to me. I miss this Zara McDonald Olympics vibe. She's getting all like teary misty well, eyed again. The Birmingham Com Games are on on July 24. I think no 28. I think so. You bet I'll be right back here. Everyone in the office, pencil that out of your calendar. <laughs> Zara will not be at work. Love it, ladies. Love it, <laughs> Love it ladies. Thanks for that, sick ladies. <laughs> Coming up after the break, Travis and Courtney get married again and some wonderful relationship advice from Kyle Sanderlands. But first, a word from today's sponsor. And now it's time for the quick and dirty. Every week we bring you the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. If my memory has not failed me, we've got six stories today. I think we just need to ditch the number. We continually seem to bend the rules, ladies. We call it five, but it's just a rough outline. Five plus or minus about 20%. Yeah, exactly, right. Now, Zara, I'm just going to go Zara Ellis with an E McDonald today. Go vintage. I would have liked Dolphin. Zara loves the pool, McDonald's. (laughs) What have you got for us? My first story, the relationship hack (laughs) that stops men from cheating. Kyle Sanderlands reveals the secret that guarantees he won't even look at another woman on a night out. That is from the Daily Mail. Now, I don't know if people saw this story around this week, but you certainly have to hear about it now. I want to start this story by reading out the Daily Mail's (laughs) opening paragraph because this is how they wrote up this story. Many women have sat anxiously (laughs) waiting for their partner to come home from a night out with the boys, wondering what he's doing or who he's with. But radio host Kyle Sanderlands has revealed there's an easy way to guarantee a bloke won't stray when he gets on the beers with his mates. (laughs) The piece went on sharing his no-nonsense relationship advice on the Kyle and Jackie O show on Wednesday. Kyle said his hack ensures a man won't even look at another woman. Thank God, Kyle. Thank you so much. I obviously clicked straight into this Daily Mail story. This headline got me hook, line and sinker. I was a little concerned to learn that his tip to ensure your partner does not cheat on you, ladies. 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 (laughs) Is to make sure he leaves the house and I quote... Ball's empty. <laughs> oh, God, Kyle. It's not good. It's not good at all, but it is also so good. This is what he said. Here's a tip. Sorry, fellas. I'm going I'm to throw you under the bus. Ladies, if your guy goes out a lot, like every Friday with the boys, and you think, oh, I'm not liking this, make sure he goes out balls empty. And then he sort of clarified. Balls empty means he ain't going to do anything He's not going to look at anyone. I love that Jackie O, instead of countering this with, Kyle, that's fucking ridiculous and stupid and gross. Her question was, how long does a man's balls remain empty for so we can ensure that they actually last the whole night? To which he says, if you go out balls empty, it typically lasts all night until he gets home to his girlfriend. But no guarantees. No guarantees. You say it usually does, but if it doesn't, I don't think it's his fault. <laughs> you want to you want to really drain those pipes. You want to really drain them before they go out, ladies. He, Otherwise, we're not sure what's going to happen. He did warn: if you go out full, then you're toey. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to be thinking about Carl Sanders' balls. <laughs> so, sorry, now mom. we all are. <laughs> sorry, mum. <laughs> I 
know that there's some smart feminist analysis to have we here. Do, I will we not simply even, don't need to. I will not gift this man with my smart feminist analysis. He does not deserve it. <laughs> Remember, ladies, balls empty. Balls empty. <laughs> balls empty. You heard it here first. My second oh. story. Reality show Love Island dumps fast fashion sponsor for eBay. That is from Vogue. Now, Mish, you're a massive Love Island UK fan, perhaps the biggest you'll find. Love Island UK has very much become known almost synonymously with the fast fashion industry. These two things seem to work hand in hand now because they've worked so closely with fast fashion brands since they began. Yeah, from memory, I remember one of the early sponsors of maybe season two was something like See It First or Shop It First. And it was this platform where you see any outfit on a Love Islander and then you can go to the Love Island website and instantly buy that entire outfit. So I remember in the very early seasons, of course, I've watched every episode multiple times because it is my favourite show under the sun. The whole idea was you want this fashion, this fashion is affordable, it is cheap, you should buy it straight away and wear it on a night out. And I'm talking like mini dresses, stuff you'd wear once once to a party. So the definition of fast fashion, we've then had like every major personality come out of the show and hook up immediately with a fast fashion brand. Pretty little thing, boohoo, boohoo men and boohoo women. We've also had like misguided, a whole bunch of stuff, the best personalities or the most popular personalities leave the house and within like four weeks release their own line under a fast fashion house. Yeah, it's become a huge thing, which is why it's such a big move for the brand, I think, to be signing with eBay now for the next season. Mm. Reportedly, what the show is trying to do is make sustainability aspirational, which they certainly have the power to do. The EP of the show said, we strive to be a more eco-friendly production with more focus on ways in which we can visibly show this on screen. It is a pretty remarkable thing to come out and do when we are living so much in the era of fast fashion. I mean, we know Sheen was valued at $100 billion recently, which is just an absurd and unfathomable amount of money. I do wonder if that's sort of true, though, that as fast fashion is rising, yes, and the industry is getting bigger and bigger, I do feel like there is sort of a counterpool to make sustainability aspirational. And I think it's in the early stages, but I think it's getting there. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. And when we read this article, it did mention that contestants are going to be encouraged to wear clothes they already own. They're not going to be gifted like bags and bags of free clothes when they enter the house. They're going to be encouraged potentially to use eBay's new, apparently eBay have a whole new kind of campaign for you to shop secondhand and kind of shop vintage. And apparently that might be weaved throughout the season as well. So the fashion is going to change entirely in and of itself. It's not going to be that really like, I don't know, bodycon spandex mini dress anymore. It's going to be quite different. Yeah. <laughs> I just have this image of the Love Island contestants turning up in like 80s blazes. <laughs> and it's like, I just don't know if that's the look either. I will be really intrigued on what this visibly looks like on screen because I can't imagine they want to change too much how the show looks because Mm. that's a huge part of its success I imagine but I am sure that this will have an impact the only question I have which we were talking about yesterday is does this mean that the contestants going on the show will be less likely to ink deals with fast fashion brands when they leave or do you think that will still stay the same I think it will stay the same I think the money that those fashion brands have to put on the table like we know Pretty Little Thing is paying Molly May as the creative director more than seven figures a year so I I think the dollar signs 
I don't necessarily begrudge people for that. If you're a 21 year old and you've got this massive contract in front of you, I wish people would say no. Do I think they're going to say no realistically? Oh no. Probably not. I agree with that. My third story, Bella Hadid is entering the metaverse (laughs) with her first NFT site. Bella, that is from Rush. (laughs) And here is a story that simply makes no sense. I don't understand it. Now this was announced on Bella Hadid's Instagram. She wrote, say hi to Cy Bella. Now, Bella is spelt with a three. As we've been reminded too many times, the universe we live in is imperfect. But I believe this provides a true opportunity to build a meta community sustained by love, peace, compassion, and meaningful connections. Now, apparently, as part of that ethos, she is releasing 11,111 exclusive NFTs. (laughs) Each piece will be a unique 3D scan of her. Yes. How does that – someone explain. How does that ethos of – what was it? Peace, love, compassion, meaningful connection align with here's a 3D scan – of me. <laughs> and I'm not sure what the relevance of us being an imperfect world is either. I mean, she has said that anyone who collects the NFT, and do not ask me how to define <laughs> NFT, by the way. It's a non-fungible token. It's something that exists oh. in the digital world that no, like you own. I don't know how that is apparently valuable. That's what I don't... I mean, I get how something that you own that no one else has mm. is valuable. I think because we've lived in a digital world for so... I mean, we will sound so silly right now but I imagine a lot of people don't know what NFTs are because we've lived in a digital world for so long now where things can be replicated all the time it feels strange to consider a world where something online could exist by itself that you could not replicate regardless she said that anyone who collects the NFT will gain access to in-person meet and greets with her I'm just concerned because that's 11,111 different people who might be collecting these NFTs. She said, that's just the beginning. In the coming months, we'll grow this new meta nation with real locations <laughs> and events <laughs> all around the world where I can meet each and every one of you. Now, at the time that I prepped for this story, <laughs> I might actually do another fact check. I was looking at the Cybella Instagram page and it has 10.9 thousand followers. So they're 200 short oh, from selling out. Bella. So You know the funniest thing about this is though, we're all kind of like laughing at this. We all think I it's know. a bit ridiculous. We all think it's like absurd. I can almost guarantee we're going to listen back to this in five years' time and go, wow, Bella Hadid is a billionaire because she got on the <laughs> like, an NFT thing and it all suddenly makes a heap of sense. And we were sitting here going, what a fucking idiot. Like- What's an NFT? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably true. There is just something particularly Black Mirror-esque about this though, right? Oh, Surely. absolutely. And it just doesn't like, I'm, what are we talking about? What are we saying? It's that online for me a lot at the moment is like, can we strip this back and can we talk about what it is we're doing because I don't know if we're healing an imperfect world. I don't know if we are. You know what I'd have more respect for? If Bella Hadid said, people, I am a supermodel. I am renowned for being a super fucking hot person. You can now own a 3D scan of my body and my, I don't know, appearance and you pay money for that and what a cool thing to do. I'd go, you know what? Respect. You're like capitalising off something that no one can begrudge you for. Don't sell me on peace, love, compassion and me. I actually quite like it. My fourth story. 
La Vita Esponcon. Sorry for my Italian. <laughs> Inside Kravis's Dolce and Gabbana wedding. That is from Dazed. Yes, in case you missed it, Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker got married for a third time. This was, of course, another faux wedding. The actual legit wedding was the one we talked about last week. <laughs> Before that, there was another faux wedding in Las Vegas. Obsessed with the fact that last week <laughs> we were talking about them and you were like, as they've said on the public record, they want a low-key marriage. And it's like, I don't know if it counts just going to the courthouse and getting a low-key yeah. marriage certificate if you're going to have three different instances where people think you get married. <laughs> Sarah, I'm as confused as you are. <laughs> okay, I've you. watched that show and so many times they're like, oh, Courtney and Travis will just like elope one day and none of us will know about it. They're so low-key, so punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they've said, they've said on the show, I'm always here to defend the Kardashians, but they're kind of becoming a bit indefensible. This is indefensible. <laughs> they said on the show they'll have a big party. So I was imagining... Imagining, all right, the whole family will go to Italy and have a fucking party. Why the fuck did we do another wedding though? She had another veil, another white mini dress, another ceremony. That makes it the third one. If you truly want to be low key, I get eloping and having a big party. In fact, I love that for anyone. What is this? Well, I think you'll find it's sponsored content for Dolce and Cabana because this was hosted, as we know, on the brand's Portofino estate. Now, the brand has denied inking any kind of sponsorship deal with Courtney and Travis. In, in a financial sense. In a yeah. financial sense. Instead, a spokesperson for Dolce & Gabbana explained that the founders were, and they quote, hosting this happy event, which <laughs> meant every member of the family was decked out head to toe in Dolce & Gabbana and posting about it for days on end. Apparently, transfers, a com and food were, of course, all footed by the brand. They're a bit stingy on the food side of things. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if people have looked on our Instagram Instagram account but last night I shared a photo of the plates at the wedding Kylie Jenner posted a photo of the food and I shit you not there is like a tablespoon of pasta on each plate yeah I would say veering into teaspoon territory <laughs> oh, the Gabanas do not want you to <laughs> fill up on pasta they want you to have like not even a spoonful in oh. your mouth Yes, as we know, it's not unlike Dolce and Gabbana to be problematic and I think that is the next conversation right because for me what I was so confused about is if Courtney and Travis didn't make any money off this. I mean, to be honest, it would still be a similar conversation for me even if they did. But if this was like some random contra agreement, I'm baffled, A, that they wouldn't just be bothered paying for this themselves when they've got so much of their own cash. Like why would you bother bringing a brand into it? It would actually be more admin. And secondly, why would you tie yourself to a brand with the history of a brand like Dolce & Gabbana, which at the moment feels completely uncancelable? Yeah, absolutely. I have no idea. This for a family that is so wealthy is so cheap and tacky to me. Like It's so tacky. You have all the money in the world. You have all the resources resource in the world. You could have flown to Italy, done this exact same wedding. It wouldn't have dented your bank account and you wouldn't have partnered with a brand that has a lengthy and colourful history of anti-Asian hate and racism. I don't understand why the Kardashians put themselves in these positions for a quick freebie. Like just fucking pay for your own. It's your wedding. Like this is your wedding. It's not some tiny little shindig that you're getting sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana. Don't you want your wedding to be controversy free and do it exactly the way you want? Not 
to mention, some of these outfits were not it and the styling was <laughs> not it either. Oh, man. All right, let me say it straight. I think for me it was like there seemed to be no cohesion amongst what people were wearing. Some people turned up looking like they were going to church. Other people looked like they were going to like an Italian floral party. I agree with you. I think it's incredibly cheap and incredibly tacky for these two to have tied their brand to a brand that's done so much damage like Dolce & Gabbana because all they're doing is just breathing life mm. into a brand that really shouldn't have any new life breathed into it at all. Yeah, and to be fair, they're not the only high-profile celebrities who have played a part in the rehabilitation of the Dolce & Gabbana brand. Jennifer Lopez, Helen Mirren, Sharon Stone, Diddy, Doja Cat, Megan The Stallion and Heidi Klum have all played a big part in that as well. One thing I did see on, I think it was on Demois, Corey Gamble, Chris Jenner's partner, didn't seem to be at the wedding. Have they broken up? I think may I think something's awry there. I mean, we didn't see Pete Davidson at the wedding. A couple of other partners didn't go either. But there's kind of excuses for each of them. Pete Davidson, you might argue, that's going to completely distract from Courtney's day. Maybe Kim didn't want him there, so the headlines weren't about her. He was also finishing up on SNL. He was filming SNL, so he had other commitments. That makes total sense. For Corey Gamble to not be there... He's at everything with that family. He's always at the big parties and the big moments. For him not to be at his long-term partner's daughter's wedding is very curious to me. He either has COVID or is sick or they've split in my mind. Yeah, let's actually watch that one. My fifth story, Halsey claims label won't let me release a new song unless they can fake a viral moment on TikTok. That is from Variety. Now, on Sunday, Halsey posted on TikTok where she claimed that her label was refusing to release her new music. Now, we also should say Halsey does go by the pronouns she, they, so you will see those pronouns used across the media coverage of this story. Unless her new unreleased song reaches an unspecified measure of virality on TikTok. Now on TikTok, basically what they did is they played the song in the background, filmed her face, but she didn't say anything. And she just had a text overlaying the video where she said, basically, I have a song that I love that I want to release ASAP, but my record label won't let me. I've been in this industry for eight years. I've sold over 165 million records and my record company is saying that I can't release it unless they fake a viral moment on TikTok. Yeah, Halsey went on. Everything is marketing and they are doing this to basically every artist these days. I just want to release Music Man and I deserve better, to be honest. I'm tired. Now, the irony, of course, is that this video went viral. So she actually got her viral moment to build hype. And I know some people were saying, well, is this the marketing strategy? Like, have we all been bamboozled and been fooled yes. by Halsey, who is in the pocket of her record company, Capital Records, and they've gone, let's make this the viral moment. We don't think so, because this actually folds into a trend of other high-profile musicians coming out and saying the same thing. FKA Twigs, Charlie XCX, and Florence and the Machine have all publicly criticised their labels on TikTok for having to reverse engineer viral moments. Yeah, and I saw a really interesting TikTok from Celebrity Memoir Book Club, I think, who were saying, no, this is the marketing strategy, not just for Halsey, but for all of them, that if they can't work out how to perhaps be creative enough to create their own viral moment, they make the record label the villain and create virality that way. I don't think I agree, but I don't think I wholly disagree. I believe that people like FKA Twigs and Halsey and Florence and the Machine are annoyed about the state of the industry right now and that they have to do these things. And yes, I imagine that they know that they will get 
a little bit more publicity yeah. if they just take aim at the record company. I think they absolutely know that, but it's probably in their contract that this is just what they have to do. So they're sort of stuck with no choice. They're like, if I'm going to make a viral moment, then I'm probably going to be honest about it. I think this is simply a fuck you. Yeah. yeah. They're saying, well, I'm going to get my viral moment, but it will be at your expense, not mine, as yes. in their record company's expense. But they're still also petitioning against this. They're saying, I don't want to have to do this. This is not a pattern that I'm going to subscribe to multiple times. So the people who are saying it's all a PR stunt, she's just sitting in her record label's pocket, completely disagree. She's making lemonade out of lemons, but she's not going to do this more than a couple of times. Yeah, I agree with that because people just will get over it quite quickly as well. I think this will be a real big conversation in the next few months, if not years, about artists having to do this because I think more and more artists who are in the game for music and making music are not going to be bothered with being puppets for their record label on TikTok. Like it's not going to be something they're wanting to do. So we will have to wait and see what happens there. And my sixth and final story, meet the new Bachelors That is from Network 10. Yeah, so the rumours we touched upon in last week's episode were absolutely true. The Bachelor is getting a colossal shake-up of sorts in 2022. We have three Bachelors instead of one. We've got Felix von Hoff, Thomas Melicelli and Jed McIntosh, who will all be looking for love on the new season, which is being filmed on the Gold Coast. Somehow Channel 10 decided we needed three more white men in this Bachelor role. They had three opportunities, triple the opportunity this year to give us any diversity and they fumbled the bag. They always managed to disappoint me. <laughs> Who was making these decisions? I don't know. We've got, as you said, Felix is 27. He's a basketballer and a marketing manager from Melbourne. He's the one we spoke about last week. We've also got a guy called Jed, who is 25 and a drummer. We've also got Thomas, who is 35 and a restaurant manager and lifestyle coach. Now, I imagine they had to jump the gun in announcing this news because perhaps were raining on their parade and perhaps they were sick of other people sort of speculating on their behalf. In another change that I just find funny, and I don't know if it's that funny, (laughs) the show is going to be rebranded to The Bachelors Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I hate that? I just find it too obvious. Like, say less. Just say The Bachelor Australia. We know know there's more than one. (laughs) You do not need to pluralise it for me. Now, some people have speculated that hopefully, while we didn't get any cultural or racial diversity maybe we will get some diversity in sexuality there were some kind of suggestions that maybe we had three bachelors because one's straight one is bi one is gay from what we've done like we've spoken to a lot of listeners who have experiences with these men I don't think it's going to follow the straight bi gay format although I would fucking love that if that were true I think we might have two straight one queer bachelor but we'll wait and see for confirmation on that yeah it's not enough regardless I'm kind of like channel 10 what are you doing I was all in last week I'm nearly all out this <sighs> week they nearly had me yeah just hire us hi I will do it for free at this point yeah, it feels like a public service <laughs> the three of us can go sit in a boardroom with channel 10 and educate them on what women want my oh my hey that is all I've got for you thank you so much 
Some might say it's the end of a pop culture era. On the weekend, former New York magazine journalist and culture expert Brian Feldman published a blog post that finally, after two years of efforts, uncovered the identity of the woman behind the anonymous celebrity gossip page, Demois. So who exactly is behind Instagram's most talked about account and what does Brian Feldman's blog post change? Zara McDonald. Oh my gosh. I was so excited when he sent me this blog post over the weekend. I had to walk away from anyone who was around me and say, I need to sit down and read this properly. Let's quickly talk about Demois for people who maybe the phenomenon has escaped Mm. and they're like, I don't quite get it. Because since about early to mid 2020, Demois has really seized Instagram and been at the top of the gossip game. Yeah, absolutely. But it wasn't always an Instagram account. This actually was originally, Demois was originally a blog that ran from 2013 to 2016. A fashion blog of all things. fashion blog. I didn't know that either until I read this newsletter. Yeah. And it was reimagined as an Instagram account that was heavily focused on celebrity instead. At the time of recording, it now has one point five million followers. It has been a cultural, I don't even know what like cultural milestone in in the pandemic, maybe, or like a really big cultural moment anyway. They've been interviewed. The women behind this account have been interviewed by Vanity Fair. They've been written about in the New York Times. Like this has been a news story that has evolved over the last 12 to 18 months in particular. Yeah, and it spoke a lot to how bored I think a lot of people were Mm. through the pandemic. I mean, celebrities weren't doing anything, were they? Because none of us were doing anything. So suddenly you had people DMing an Instagram account with like completely unverified celebrity gossip. And it's where we got our celebrity news Mm. and our celebrity fix. Now for context, some stories Demois has reported on range from Leonardo DiCaprio likes to wear headphones when he has sex to... (laughs) Lots of people wrote in. Yeah, that. that was quite overwhelming. <laughs> and if it's true, good on you, Leah. It's random, but yeah. <laughs> to also getting first dibs on the first statement from Hillsong when disgraced pastor Carl Lentz was fired, which we covered on the show. She was also the first to Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost's secret wedding, the news of Zoe Kravitz's divorce, Emrata's pregnancy and Harry Styles' Coachella gig. So... The woman behind Demois has broken some stories. Yeah, a whole range of stories. Now, that's not to say that any of this reporting has been watertight. No. <laughs> like, often quite the opposite. Demois openly says that she just posts almost whatever comes into her DMs, whatever comes into her account without fact-checking. And as reported by the Daily Beast, there have been plenty of instances where tips seem way too outlandish to be real or the scent of being intentionally leaked by a celebrity's own team. Demois has also fallen prey to toxic fandoms who send in tips that read more like wishful thinking. It's up to followers to be discerning about what they read. Yeah, she also has done quite a bit of damage for people as well. Mm. Speculating about Haley and Justin Bieber having kids, speculating that Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas were divorcing days before they actually gave birth to a baby. And she's also published information that one of Taylor Swift's neighbours obtained by looking through Taylor Swift's kitchen window. Yeah, so really 
grubby stuff. Like I think the Nick and Priyanka stuff in particular was just yuck. It feels very layered. Like there's a lot of speculation about the sexualities of both those people. There's a lot of speculation about their intentions with being together. So to have all this snark and it was so snarky towards Priyanka and Nick followed up a couple of days later by actually we've just had our first baby together. I think showed me really clearly. Sometimes Demois probably doesn't know what they're talking about. Sometimes they are just putting stuff out there to see what sticks. Like she has on occasion just thrown things out there that are all different storylines. For example, I went back to November to do a bit of research on this. And when Kim and Pete Davidson first came out as a storyline, she posted tip-offs that covered all bases. She posted one that said Kim and Pete aren't together. It's all publicity. It's all been orchestrated for their careers. She posted another one that said they're just fuck buddies. Then she posted another that said, no, they're seriously in love. This is really going to happen. So it's kind of easy six, eight, nine months down the track to turn around and go, Demois was right about Kim and Pete Davidson because of course she's going to be right. She put every possible outcome. She hedged her bets. Into the world. And I think we often have confirmation bias with these blind gossip pages because when they do get something right, we go, well, they know what they're talking about. We never focus on the hundreds of blind items like Nick and Priyanka that are so clearly wrong. Yeah. So that's kind of the context you need on Demois, right? I mean, Demois now has a podcast. It's just been announced that she's about to publish a book that's been co-written with another journo. And on top of that, it was also announced that HBO has picked Demois up for a TV series. So the name Demois, the brand Demois has been everywhere at the moment, particularly in the last couple of weeks. And it's probably no surprise that it's now that someone has sat down and thought, okay, I'm actually going to work out who this person is. And the journalist who decided to do that was an internet culture reporter by the name of Brian Feldman. Now, he posted this investigation in his newsletter called BNet. Fun fact, the newsletter had been lying dormant for about a year (laughs) until he published this. So he really came back with a bang. I love that for Brian. (laughs) I love this. Now, what is the most bizarre thing about reading this piece, Mish, is that he cracked the code or he seemed to have cracked the code through entirely available public information. He proved step by step how he tried to work out who Demois was and all he did was basically rummage through years of posts and tags on social media, particularly posts relating to Demois as a fashion blog when they were, yes, anonymous, but probably less obsessed with protecting their anonymity. Yeah. And in doing so, he seemed to stumble on two probable Demois founders. One woman by the name of Maggie Kempner, who everybody is calling the granddaughter of a famed socialite, but no one's naming the socialite. I do love that for Maggie though. <laughs> I know. And another woman by the name of Melissa Lavallo. Now, these two reportedly started the Demois fashion blog together and now apparently it's just Melissa who's been doing the gossip account. She's the one reportedly still running the account. Yeah, apparently there are even YouTube videos of them around. Like Brian included this in his blog post, which please go read if you have the time. It's such a fascinating read. He included screenshots from this YouTube video of Maggie and Melissa having like scarves around their head or like hoods over their faces but like you can very clearly see who they are. Yeah, like years ago when they were trying to disguise themselves, it's like they weren't trying to disguise themselves 
To the nth degree. Mm. Like Not you at could all. see their side <laughs> profiles. I guess I want to know, Mish, with all of this in mind, do you think eventually, I mean, we're talking about one founder here. Yes, the fashion blog was initially founded by two people, but it very much seems like one woman has run it for the last few years. Mm. Do you think eventually she knew she was going to be found? Like, did she forget that this information was all publicly available, that her name had been tied to the Dumois brand for 10 years? Yeah, I think maybe she got complacent or maybe she wasn't, active enough in deleting stuff that was already on the internet. Like, I don't know what happened here. For it to be so easily traceable really shocked me. And it's kind of hilarious. It's embarrassing that it was so easily traceable for the rest of us. Oh my God. It's so embarrassing because so many people for so long, particularly celebrities, have wanted to find out who's behind this account. I mean, this account publishes some shit that isn't always very sunshiny or flattering for celebrities. So for all these people to have been wondering for two years who Demois is, when it is so readily available to all of us, is humiliating. Yeah, I also, when I went back yesterday when we were doing a lot of the research for this segment, Mish, I reread a profile or an interview that Demois did with Vanity Fair and I found this quote really interesting from the founder of Demois because she said at the end of last year, I am not getting an ego boost from this because nobody knows me. My friends and family don't care. They kind of make a joke about it. It's just nice to be putting out work and then people appreciating it. Do you agree with that, that you don't get an ego boost from something because you're anonymous? I, I think fl- you get more of an ego I boost. I agree. I flatly disagree that she's not getting an ego boost from this. I think that was the whole thing, that people are still telling you you're amazing, yeah. even though they're saying Dumois is amazing, not perhaps Melissa. You know that you're Dumois, so it's still feeding your ego. Because not only do you have the success of the page and like the success of getting the book deal and the TV show deal and the podcast deal, you also have the like sneaky feeling of like I'm fooling everyone like I'm smarter than you all because I'm anonymous and no one knows who the fuck I am I think it's absolutely an ego boost I also think it's going to be an interesting kind of reckoning for Melissa the woman reportedly behind this account I think it loses a lot of its magic I think the reason we gravitate towards these accounts is because when they're faceless when they're stripped of any actual human face, human name, human connection, we give them so much credibility. We go, well, Demois is anonymous and sneaky and they just know things. Like they just know things, this faceless brand. Yeah, you build up this identity in your head of someone who's like all-knowing. God-like, right? Because you can't put a face to them. And then if it is (laughs) Melissa Lavallo from, you know, New York City who – is your average person, right, walking the streets, you do start to question, well, how much do they know? Because that could be me. Yeah, 100%. And if we know that it's Melissa sitting at her phone or at her laptop and just posting what comes into her account, as she says without fact-checking, what use is that to anyone anymore? Like I think Demois does serve some function, but I think a lot of that has been lost in the revealing of the identity of its founder. I totally agree with you. For me, it does take some of the magic away. But what's really interesting is Demois has not acknowledged any of this on Instagram at all. From what I can see, the account hasn't changed how it operates at all as well. I'm wondering what this changes. I reckon it probably changes maybe occasionally what she posts because it's a bit harder 
to post really edgy stuff about people's lives, about people's children, when people think they know who you are now. I mean, for example, when Hayley Bieber posted a while ago on Instagram saying she'd found out who Demois was, Demois basically stopped posting about Hayley Bieber. Yes. So what happens when everybody seems to know who you are? I think the content will get far softer. It's going to be diluted. I think it's going to have to lose its edge. And I think a lot of diehard Demois fans will be upset about that. I also wonder if it's going to affect the sales of this book. And I wonder if it's going to affect the magic around the TV show. The whole idea with Gossip Girl and Anon Please, which is apparently the name of the book and the TV show, is that we still don't know. The mystery is solved. The The jig is up. Yeah, the jig Mm. is up. So where is the anticipation and the suspense anymore? I just think it's very poorly timed for this to come out as all of these massive things are about to come out. But it was always going to come out when things got big because the bigger something gets and the more in your face they are, the more you're like, fuck it, who is that? I don't think people will go to the same lengths at the moment anyway, locally, to find out who Celeb Spellcheck is because they're barely posting at the moment. But if they decide to ramp it back up, I would not be surprised if there was a manhunt. Yeah, I agree. I think Celeb Spellcheck, and they're welcome to reach out to us if this is true, but I wonder if they really pulled back because when they were posting so frequently, we would talk on this show about how influencers were getting together at events and trying to figure out who they were and people were trying to put their heads together and names were coming out in the media about people in PR who Celeb Spellcheck might be. I wonder if all of that made the person behind Celeb Spellcheck go, you know what, I'm going to post a couple of times a month. It's going to be pretty non-controversial because it is not worth it to me to have my name out there. I totally agree. Guys, that is all we've got time for today. Big juicy one. (laughs) If you want to support the show, please click follow on Spotify and follow on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people see us in the charts and helps more people find the show. Absolutely. Come and follow us on Instagram. We're at Shameless Podcast, on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. And if you want to get your hands first dibs on that charity merch, you need to subscribe to Ask Shameless. So please go into our show notes or click on the link in our Instagram bio and subscribe to the newsletter. It will drop on Monday morning with where you can buy the merch. Yeah. And in the meantime, we will be on Your Say Friday tomorrow about mid day again Mish yeah and book club on Saturday oh book club on Saturday yeah. you are oh. good at remembering book club <laughs> you are such a gem thanks ladies oh anytime thanks, ladies. ladies bye back in your ears on Monday bye oh no Saturday shit <laughs> <laughs>